Did you ever think about the relationship between data science and digital transformation? Dr. Satyam Priyadarshi, tell us about Halliburton and tell us about your role there. So Halliburton was founded in 1919, so it's almost 100 years old. Last year was our 100-year anniversary. And, uh, and it is one of the world's largest providers of products and services in the energy industry, right? Uh, we have roughly about 50,000 people in uh, 80 countries uh, where we speak roughly about, uh, of uh, 140 nationalities, right? The company helps to maximize the uh, value for our partners across the industry, right? From for the life cycle of the reservoir, as we call it, right? In locating the hydrocarbons, then managing the uh, managing the production and drilling and formation, right? And this is uh, this is this is the core business, and uh, and and we have been in this business for, as I said, over hundred years. Give us some insight into uh, what you do as a as the chief data scientist at Halliburton. As we say, data is an important asset for any company, and uh, digital is what enables it uh, to create value. And in order to create value from the data is where the data science is needed. And so in 2014, Halliburton was forward thinking and uh, then they asked me to join from outside the industry. And, uh, and I joined the oil and gas industry as the chief data scientist. My goal was to build the practice around data, how to leverage data and create value by leveraging data which is historical data, the new data that will come forward and set up the center of excellence, which we call it big data, data science and digital center of excellence. Now, if you think of a center of excellence, most people will think that it does one function, but especially in an industry like that, you have to do a lot of things, right? One is data science or and data itself, creating value from data is not, easy. Most people think just having data, building some dashboards is the way to create value, but actually data science takes it long, uh, one step further because goal is to improve the business on an ongoing basis. As a function of data science, you have to not, not just do the value from data, but also build a team around it. And so we have been very successful in building one of the best uh, data science teams in the industry. What are some of the challenges of digital transformation, where does digital transformation tend to fall short? One is to understand what digital transformation is, right? Uh, one of the, this is a term that people use um, pretty loosely in many cases, but digital transformation is about leveraging the digital technologies, digital assets on a continuous basis to grow the business, right? And remain competitive. Now, if you understand that part of the definition, then you will know that it is a step-by-step -step process in creating economic value. So what do you do? Digital transformation happens when you have digitized or what is called digitization and then digitalization. And then you get digital transformation in terms of economic value. That means all this is based on data. Digital, what are we digitizing? That is the data, right? The, the forms, the data that you collect. And once you have that in, your pl in place, then you can actually start creating value. And then you create value in a step-by-step -step fashion, right? What happens is where, as you ask the question, whether digital transformation will fail, 
uh, or why it fails because people are trying to jump too fast without understanding the full flow of the process right because you should know how to leverage the data and how to create the value from it and then how to actually implement it at a, at a field level mm-hmm. see unlike a marketing domain or a retail space oil and gas industry is much more complex you can build say, so to say let's say we'll go in details later on ai or something but let's say you have a model you build a model on the historical data but you have to take it to the field what is the process of taking from the lab to the field that has to be well established and tested it out right so when when you when you don't take time to actually do this uh, in a in a systematic manner that's when most digital transformation projects fail the second reason why it fails is uh, because there is a there is a term that i use is called digital divide that means the how people understand what digital transformation is at the leadership level at the operational level at the actual management level right and the value of creating va- value from the data and the opportunities associated with it that understanding is different so that digital divide causes this digital transformation to fail how do we then use data science in the service of digital transformation because quite frankly when we talk about when most people talk about digital transformation they're talking about things like business models and culture change and and the subject of data science doesn't usually come up as one of the top items that's surprising right those who say that but without because if you don't do science on the data then how do you actually leverage and and build a digital transformation strategy yes the cultural change is an important part the technology is important the people part is very very important but the actual doing science on the data is very important right most of the bigger industries are based on engineering and scientific formulas right so people have been using them for a long time but now we have years and year decades of data that has been collected for a re- workflow that can be looked at in an in an effective sense and learn from it what uh, gaps have been there what i call hidden inefficiencies so data science is actually very powerful in finding those hidden inefficiencies right because if the efficiencies are not hidden then you must have fixed it or if you have not fixed then it's a different problem as a at a lead management level right but most of it is to find hidden inefficiencies and once you find them to actually figure out a way to in, incorporate that uh, fixes and then actually create a low, low cost solutions for yourself so you can actually grow the business in terms of revenues and profits So what's the relationship then between these hidden inefficiencies that data science can uncover and digital transformation? When you have found some hidden inefficiencies, you are actually either op- optimi- optimizing or maximizing uh, your workflow. That workflow change is what leads to the transformation on how you do your business, right? Whether it is uh customer service whether it's a equipment manufacturing equipment manufacturing whether it's a testing equipment or 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 like look at the production side right and then you can actually do this in a continuous form right so when, um, the more hidden efficiencies you find the more transformational things you can implement and then you can be, build a highly optimized system across the ecosystem so you talk about dark data now weave that into the story as well please I give an analogy right um, 
all of us are very very uh, high resolution uh, high end smartphones but if i asked you to find a photo of yourself 5 years from now which was taken 5 years ago how much time would you take to find it so that data is there but it's dark you can't find it imagine now a corp- corporation of any size right the data is actually not easy to find like you know the search engine technology is pretty mature but you tell me how many big, big good corporations are there where you can actually act, go and type a model number of a say centrifugal pump and it can give you the history of it the data exists either in your databases in data warehouses or on paper in somebody's drawer but the data is not creating value so the data that is there which is actually expensive because it is costing you to keep it right it's not free no storage is free even if it, whether it's cheap or or not but when you don't create the value that data is called dark data and what do we do about that dark data and again what does that have to do with digital transformation the dark data has lot of learnings in it right because if you look at a if process or a workflow over the last 10 years because many of the industries actually do the same workflows over and over again and things break down of course when you are operationally active you will actually suddenly go and fix it and move on but the 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 learnings are actually hidden in that data right so the goal is to leverage that dark data and convert it eventually into what we call smart data what does smart data means that means the data can be acted in real time if we are going towards automation in terms of what we call industry 4.0 that means we want to automate everything you cannot automate and build autonomous systems unless your data is smart that means you can act on it either through machine learning or artificial intelligence or data science or any other method that has can be acted on so you take that dark data you convert that to smart data from your learnings by applying data science and then you transform your workflows how do you convert that dark data into smart data so it's a process and i've written a i've written a quite a bit about it uh, right you first start with small set of dark data you create some value you see what is what's the valuable in it what are the missing gaps in it and then you start trying to integrate data from multiple silos as we all know most companies or most organizations have their data in multiple silos then you start connecting them when you start connecting them you build a scalable system and then you eventually test it out in real time and once once that real time feedback is put into where the data ingestion is taking place right and that at the ingestion point or the generation point you fix all the issues that are there and then you actually have a then you have a smart data we have a question from twitter arsalan khan asks have you been in situations where the data that was collected ended up not having the the value so you so you've gone through this dark data it doesn't have the value and i guess the more general point therefore is why it's obviously not practical to convert all the data that exists from dark data into smart data so how do you make those selections as a scientist you know that every every failed experiment is also valuable right so every data has a value the question is how much value it is for you or for that business or for that process right so one one has to look at the data 
sometimes people say oh i collected the data it has no value there but people haven't actually even looked at it so if there is no value then why did you start collecting it why why are you spending your capital and operational expense on it correct so the question is to quickly do a phase study as to say how much value it is out of that data how much elements of that data are really valuable the others may not have value even in future you don't want to probably even generate that data but if you are generating any data there has to be some value otherwise we we probably started at a wrong foot so from a digital transformation standpoint does that mean that this convert the thinking through of the type of data that you need needs to be part of the strategy the digital transformation strategy right at the beginning absolutely there are four pillars of digital transformation as i call it right one is what i call the big data analytics and big data doesn't mean just large amounts of data small data is a part of it right because it is the full continuum of data that we are talking about now the second part is to leverage the computing paradigms right that are existing or we call emerging technology paradigms the third one is to build real time systems and then the fourth one is autonomous right and this is what the whole digital transformation is so foundation lies in the data can you give us any examples because i think this is an area where folks have trouble you know it's people tend to as we said before people tend to think about business models but i think the data aspect can be very challenging for organizations one of the simplest example that i typically give about digital transformation is from musical music industry right uh, all the baby boomers and uh, people of my age group would remember that uh, the new the songs were digitized and put on lp records many of young generation probably probably have no idea what they are but those lp records also required a very big box to be on which they were played so you think of it that it was sort of a digitized data but it was not very easy to share if you wanted to share songs with your uh, friends and family or to invite them to your house right then then a transformation took place in terms of cd and mp3 right it was slightly easier to share the songs because you could borrow a cd and play and then give it back and then mp3 like ipods and things that came but look at today the whole music industry is all streaming music right i can actually listen to songs that i like and i can share with michael my album without actually sending any songs to him this is called a real trans digital transformation so your data is song remains the same if you think the data remains the same but the way it has been delivered by leveraging the emerging technology and the data science done on it that what preference of songs who's liking it that has been and has been shared across the world right is transformation of the industry economic value as we all know from music industry in olden days only 5 maybe 10 uh, record houses and 10 artists made money but today there are millions and millions of people who are making music uh, enjoying the music and actually economic value is significant in it as we all know it generated a lot number of jobs that never existed so this digital transformation is all about creating new kinds of jobs as well as a part of the whole uh, uh, exercise that's so interesting and and if we think about spotify or apple music any any of these In fact what's going on is the data is stored in their repository and they're letting you share the metadata. Absolutely. I stay away from the technical term of metadata. I call it the knowledge, right? I created the album with human augmentation that what I like, 
then I can share it. So what you're sharing is the knowledge on the data, right? That, oh, this is a beautiful album, you should listen to it. So the think of many, many industries, if they really are serious about transforming themselves, then they should be really collaborating and co-innovating solutions where they can actually share the knowledge so that the cost of delivering services can be reduced across the industry. And that, that becomes very important in the energy sector anyway. So I'm quite interested in this topic. You say you prefer the term knowledge rather than the term metadata. Can you, can you explain why? Why do you talk about it that way? So because metadata has a connotation in our industry, right? It's like something like uh, uh, what you call uh, how you tag the data, right? But what I'm saying is uh, knowledge is that is built on top of the data, right? Uh, the, an album is the knowledge, so to say. Whereas metadata would be the artist name, uh, the whatever the genre of the music, that would be the metadata. So metadata, like uh, if I were to buy a mechanical pump and put it in my SAP system, then it has a purchase order is a metadata. But the history of a pump that has failed many times, I analyze that failure and create a root cause analysis of it and a regression model on it, then that, that becomes actually your knowledge. So the knowledge is the information that's that's really useful for business people in terms of their processes and their shared experiences. Would that be an accurate way of putting it? Uh, knowledge is what creates actually corporate wisdom, if you think of it, right? So knowledge is generated by data and metadata together. And then you have knowledge and then the wisdom part comes when all, all of us come together. And again, link it back to transformation to digital transformation for us exactly so once you have sharing of this knowledge it becomes easier to transform industry-wide or in the ecosystem your workflows your business models your strategy your future competition that is very important right especially if we look at uh, energy sector they I, I i'm sure you must have heard about this term called energy transition right there's a lot of pressure on uh, uh, zero carbon, negative carbon, things like that. But what is that? So we are building a landscape now of energy, right? And you have to be player in it. And if you don't, if one one sector doesn't transform and keep up pace with others, then you have you will have challenges, right? So this is where the transformation comes into play. Sarada asks, how do you find the value of dark data? The data is dark and we may not know anything more about it. So the dark data is created by us. Uh, so the value is there. You have to pull it out and do some analysis in a, in what I call proof of value projects, right? And that's how you get it because dark data is, why is it called dark data? Because human beings have created that data, set them under their table, not share with anybody. And that's why it's dark data. So you can do projects, you can do very basic analysis. You can do simple visual analytics. You don't have to go and run after deep learning for everything. But you, you can see, if you see limited value, then you can build uh, more expensive and more uh, compute intensive models to actually integrate data to create more value. So it's always, it always starts with some type of proof of concept to see what the value of that data really is. I stay away from that term also proof of concept because concepts are well proven, right? Uh, artificial intelligence, data science uh, uh, is very well proven, right? Uh, the engineering process are well proven, so to say, 
the what we are trying to create is value value is the most important part for the business so we call it proof of value that's always at each step your metric which is the question how, what kind of value are we creating and for who as well i'm assuming it's the business right so we are talking about business uh, if we are doing academic exercise that's a different thing we can write as many papers as you want on the same problem but in business you have to actually produce something to which has value and we have another question from twitter should your data strategy plan for what data you should keep and not bother with storing the rest so do you just keep you figure out what you're going to keep and you throw away the rest or do you do something different in principle every raw data is very important right the raw data is the only single source of truth in 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 as a as a data scientist uh of, uh, and with a career of about 20 years i believe every piece of raw data is valuable if anything that has been modified changed one single bit that's not raw data and that's that that is subject to uh, uh, uh like uh, uh, checks and balances but if you are generating any data we should keep it you never know when it's needed because the goal is not to have that oh, everything is to be live the goal is to have it easily accessible so you can always build models and check it back that your model is working under certain boundary conditions back to what it should have started right so just throwing the data without knowing why you threw it or without looking at the value of the data that doesn't make sense and we have another question from twitter another one from arslan khan this is a really good one and he asks since data touches every part of the organization how do you create sandboxes for people who are not in technology to play and experiment with that data and come up with their own thoughts on what kind of data should be collected every organization has a culture around it so uh, i think it's a lot of uh, what i call education needed both at the leadership level at the mid management level and individual contributors level so to say as to why somebody wants to play with this data and what they are going to do so good good governance good uh, uh, good uh, practices about cyber security are in place and the uh, and how this data will be actually used uh, by the people or the group that is trying to look into it that has to be really sort of codified uh, and then uh, then actually it's much easier to actually create value from that data right that's the first first part locking down the data just for the sake of locking down is not it way to create value but at the same time having the right uh, governance uh, structure around it is very very important and of course requires a cultural change as you said in the very beginning that digital transformation has a big cultural change component and that is this creating by value from data by anyone requires a cultural change in the organization would you elaborate on that why does creating value from data require a cultural change because if you look at the history and i i um, before i came to oil and gas industry i probably consulted for many uh, many industry verticals uh, it is just like people have been like locking down the data right because they and that is the biggest part right they say i am say for example the marketing people have their own data the sales guys have their own data and then if you actually add up sometimes they don't add up to the value that the ceo is looking at or even if, even if you were to look at sales organizations in some places and uh, having done this exercise few times uh, 
the north north region versus south region plus eastern region plus western region if you add up the number sometimes they're not they don't sink to one so my goal my, as as a data, data person i'm i'm looking at the starting point and the end point they should all connect in some way to actually co be coherent right and that that requires cultural change because people are like saying oh i my region has been doing great yours has not been doing great right so that's that's why it requires cultural change a new thinking is needed in this if we if we want to seriously adopt digital transformation i'm really hung up on this phrase that creating value from data requires a cultural change because wouldn't it be possible to gain value from data that is basically what you've been doing and there's no cultural change required it's not possible just if the organization was already data what i call data native company that's a different story right uh, like the internet companies are purely data native companies that's where they they survive and thrive on data so their culture is already set let's look at other industries right uh, which are implementing things like say iot sensors and newer technology devices how do they actually build that culture why should i look at data in the first place rather than just by intuition or oh, i've been doing this by the same process for last 20 years i know how to fix it this is where the the bigger an example you can see the example of healthcare industry right they have been integrating data from multiple sources right now ehrs or emrs are available in some places you can actually look at their reports and things like that so that culture change has taken place Five years back, uh, it was not the case, and now we are talking in healthcare about precision medicine. And it's for this reason of what you're just describing that data is at the heart of digital transformation. And sometimes we hear the phrase "data is the new oil." I don't like to call that myself, but yeah, data data has been there forever. It's an asset, according to me. It's a very expensive asset that we all have, right? Because data was generated by over the years by so much money was spent in collecting generating that data collecting it storing it putting in data models putting in databases data, data, data warehouses right so that that is a cost to the company right could you explain the bias versus variance trade off but first you have to tell us like what is the bias versus variance trade off bias is when i look at some data and you know uh, i i usually use a picture right um, for these kind of things uh, in fact uh, you can actually look at my background and there is a nice picture if i if i am if if you have a biased view you you will only see few things on this picture right but if you can see everything that is there you may you may you may say you may actually look at these things and say oh these these may look like horses but you can vary the shape shape and size of those horses right that's the variance part bias is that i don't see any animal or oh, come on uh, a horse can't be black and white so to say right so when we look at data and then you already have a preconceived notion of what am i looking at then you are actually generating that graph to look at that data in that way and then you got what you wanted that's what business intelligence was in the past right variance is that when i connect the data i create multiple models i compare them and then look at it what is the what is the objective function that we are looking at how it varies by changing one or two of those parameters how does it vary that is the variance that we are looking at and then we can say which can be implemented very easily 
And this is a, a core part of data science. Can you link that back to a, pr a practical example of digital transformation? Absolutely. You can actually look at, for example, um, the, the case study that we have published in um, uh, uh, in um, Worldwide. I think it's in Worldwide or General of Petroleum Technology. I can't remember exactly. That we looked at what is called unstructured data from a uh, semi-structured semi drilling report. Now, there are a lot of biases in that because people are writing their comments, uh, what they see, correct? Now, when you look at that hundreds and thousands of these reports, you can actually look at it, what may have caused the problem, correct? Mm -hmm. And then you actually let the system figure out and collate that data in a, in a meaningful manner. And then you actually interpret that pattern and then you say, oh, look at it, that your non-productive time, in this case, that technical time, I don't want it to use, but non-productive time uh, it was actually more than what it was recorded because the recording was done by itself, by people, but uh, the data that was written was different and that actually shows the gap between the two and that can lead to a significant improvement in the, in the process that has taken place. And we have another a comment from Twitter, Arsalan Khan says, so the basic idea of the data value you were talking about is as we move away from data hoarding and competition to data collaboration across the organization, that in turn requires the cultural change at so many levels, going back to what we were speaking about earlier. Absolutely. One does not have to, like, it's a cultural change. That's the important part to in create what I call co-innovation, do co-innovation, right? You can have multiple silos in an organization. You could have multiple departments, department groups, whatever it is. But actually, when different people look at the same data or integrate the data from different places, the new patterns that emerge, that is what gives you those hidden inefficiencies. And that, that means you automatically create value for the organization. You talk about the analytics value chain. Tell us about that. In the very beginning that you do science on the data, right? And that science on the data is where you actually leverage what is called complete analytics value chain. Not for every problem I need to go and build a neural network, right? There could be a very simple integration of multiple data sets and you look at very simple visual analytics and it could actually give you insights that can be easily translated and actually put in practice so you can optimize uh, your product or service or workflow or your operations very and that small change could lead to significant improvement in uh, cost savings or increase in revenue or in profit margins that is what the goal of the business is always right there may be very complex things uh, where you want to actually leverage higher, uh, more complex neural networks or deep learning algorithms, right? If you're talking about computer, a lot of images to be processed, we could leverage, right? Yeah, deep learning, things like that. Uh, so you have to look at the business, how much of that uh, value you want to put in the innovation so that your return on innovation is significant. So this complete analytics, you do simple visual analytics, you do statistical analysis, you do text mining, you do, uh, uh, deep learning, neural networks, whatever you want to call it, but this is a chain. So you should leverage the aspect of that chain to the maximum value rather than just running after the 
best shiny tool in the process. Can you put that into context with a concrete example? Absolutely. There are various things that we can actually look at in some, for example, um, if you think of uh, one of the studies that we did is a failure of a uh, pump, correct? And then you can actually look at the data of the history of that pump failure and you can connect it to uh, data sets that were not part of it originally, but you can get get public data and connect it, connect it with that. And then you can look at why this pump has failed in a certain region and uh, you can then uh, get more insights. And that's an important part. I, I didn't have to run too, too much of a deep learning algorithm for it. But when we are looking at uh, large amounts of uh, images, uh, either generated from the raw data or collected from over, over different periods, then you can actually want to look at some uh, specific aspect of the in those images, how much minute change is taking place in that image, then you can actually learn some very complex uh, deep learning algorithms. In your experience, is this something that organizations really understand? My experience of last 10 years, I, I don't know if I can say that people really understand it. People are always going after the next shiny tool and that is a danger uh, towards the failure of uh, digital transformation according to me. That's one of my, actually I have, a met, I have eight commandments of digital transformation failure and that's one of them. Because for some reason we get advice saying, oh, this is the latest and the greatest tool so we should go after it. And that could be a, that could that could lead to failure. And then, you know, many you know, artificial intelligence was talked about almost 50 years ago. Then there was a period it was very at the peak, and then people couldn't find results, or because there was no scalable computing. And then say people said, oh, this AI neural network doesn't work for anything. And another after 30 years, it's one of the hottest things for people, right? Again, how you implement it, how you actually leverage it in a systematic manner is what it. The success is it's not about just the tool. Well, it's certainly easier to try to find some tool that magically solves all of your problems rather than thinking through the entire strategy. Exactly. Anything that is fast doesn't always result in good things, right? Can you share advice for business leaders who are listening on how to use data science effectively in support of digital transformation? So one of the things that I talk about is that one should think about not just in a very simple return on in, in a return on investment concept. It is about return on innovation. And when you actually leverage, you can leverage at a, if you were to draw, since there's no picture here, but if you were to draw a nice picture of how much of uh, data maturity you have and how much of risk you are, you want to take, and how much of economic value you want to generate, you can do these things in a very systematic manner, right? You can actually work on your dark data, unstructured data, which is very low risk because that data is already there and you're not touching any operational aspect of it, create value from it. Then you actually can build predictive models and then you can actually also do R&D work at the same time, which may be higher risk, but actually creates more economic value. So if you put them on a graph very systematically, there is a, there is a method, methodology to this madness and very successful in it. What are the kind of challenges or pitfalls that tend to arise commonly when business leaders are trying to do these things? I think the first one, as I said in the very beginning, it's that digital divide in understanding. People are using terms like digitization and digitalization 
randomly uh, with digital transformation. And as, as I said, they have very, uh, very specific economic impact chart associated with them. So that's, and so this leadership, leadership uh, aspect is very, very important. Not to be confused by too much of these tiny tools is another example that one should really think of. Think of these things in terms of your business context and your competitive landscape. Not like, not in terms of, oh, because somebody has done this, we should also do that. What is my context? The context and, uh, and customization your industry is very, very important part. To what extent do you need a team of data scientists to do this? And to what extent is it business thinking and strategy? When we talk about ourselves, we have data scientists, but I always call data scientist as a combination of three people. So to say data scientist, the in, in, in ordinary, ordinary way, the computer scientist that who will do AI, ML sort of things, then the business person, right? And the, and the product or the service person or the domain person. So in some sense, most of my data scientists are trained on all three of them. But if, if where is not available, we bring people from different teams to work together. Because if you want to build models, you can build all your life models. They may not take you somewhere in terms of business timelines. And that's where the business people and the product services of the domain guys come into, into play. So if you think, don't think pure data scientist as a computer person. It's the three, three legs of this tool are very, very important. So at the end of the day, it's the subject domain expertise working with the, the, the data experts, experts together that to create the best result. Absolutely. And the business part. Okay. A very rich conversation. We've been speaking with Dr. Satyam Priyadarshi. He is a technology fellow. I said technical fellow earlier. I apologize about that. He's a technology fellow and chief data scientist at Halliburton. Dr. Priyadarshi, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for inviting me. It was a great uh, conversation. Everybody, thank you for watching, especially the folks who were asking these great questions. Before you go, please subscribe on YouTube and hit the subscribe button at the top of our website to subscribe to our newsletter. We have great shows coming up. Check out CXOTalk.com and check out CXOTalk Story Studio on our website. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.